Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. I am rested. I'm good to go. Everything's done. I don't need to worry about anything. God's already said, be at peace. So I was. And so I just wanted to share that with you, that, that this was my Jesus journey. And all you have something like this in your life that you're going through. Be encouraged. It may look like it's over. The best is yet to come. So we'll see what happens there, all right? I just want to share that with you. I'm not discouraged at all, and, uh, and, and God is faithful, amen? So here's what we're doing today. We are uh, doing a, just a, a pause again on the series, and, and we're, we're taking a moment to look at vision, because vision is really important. It's important that you understand it because vision brings clarity and focus to your life, and, and, and it really helps. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs 29. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, this is the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, in other words, when you get on board for, when you, when you bring your life into alignment for what he reveals, they are most blessed. Look, if there isn't clarity in your life about what God wants for you, then you're just going to stumble all over yourself trying to figure it out. That's not what I want for you. What I want for you is to clearly understand God's vision and his plan for your life so that you can move forward with it with blessing. That I do want for you. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to share God's vision for your life. Now, in retrospect, though, before I do that, I'm going to share with you what we've been doing as a church because we believe in God's vision and plan for our life. And as a result, these are all the things that I'm going to share with you that we've done so far this year. So we're just going to take a moment to celebrate if we can do that. That means, that means we're going to look at some things. Like, and I'm going to start with some numbers to celebrate. Now, a lot of people get upset when I start celebrating numbers. They go, is numbers the most important thing to you? Well, no, they're not. But they are the most important thing to God. You say, how do you figure? Well, when Jesus is sharing the heart of the Father, our Father in heaven, in Luke chapter 15, he shares three different parables. And these stories that he told represent God's love and his care for us. He said, hey, there was a man who had 100 sheep, and he lost one, and he left the 99 to go after the one. That's a number. And then he said, there was a woman that had 10 coins, and she lost one, and so she, did, she set aside the nine and turned her whole house upside down looking for the, the one. That's right. That's another number. Why? Because numbers matter to God, and numbers matter to God because those numbers represent people. And so we celebrate some numbers because they represent people, and on some level, they measure the impact that we've made in this community. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some numbers. You ready for the numbers? You can feel free to use these as your weekly pick for your lotto, whatever you want to do. It's 23, <laughs> 23, 48, 227, 367, 1445, 4487, 10356. These numbers all mean something. The first number, 23, is the number of people that have said, uh, have taken a step of faith and gotten baptized so far this year. We actually have even more that are going to get back. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let me get through all the numbers and then you can cheer, all right? Hang on. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. 23 people have gotten baptized. We'll have more today. 
48 is the number of people that have said yes to Jesus so far this year. 227, at the beginning of the year, our church had an average attendance of 115 people. We're currently at an average of 227 since January 1. 367, this year we did something we've never done before. There's a lot of that happening. We did three Easter services. We usually only do two. This year we did three. We had 367 people come as a result in one day. Here, 12 of them said yes to Jesus that day. 1445, this is the amount of money that you contributed to hurricane relief's efforts this year. We had many opportunities for that, and you gave. We opened up a fund just for it, and you gave faithfully and generously, and so we sent $1,445 down. $4,487 is the amount of money we left in Honduras to make a difference. $1,500 to do repairs on their building, $2,100 to build them a brand new kitchen, and $887 we spent in buying them some new and much-needed equipment. $10,356 is the dollar amount to this day that does not include the money we left in Honduras and the money that we sent down for hurricane relief, so it's separate numbers that we have given to missionaries, church plants, and local outreaches right here in Reelsburg. Come on, now that's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. I get excited. I'm all tingly. <laughs> my hair, my shirt just rose like an inch off my chest. My hair is standing up all over the place. <laughs> so I think that's something worth celebrating. Those numbers matter. They matter. And thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Second thing I want to celebrate today is the word prayer. As a church, we've used one word to guide us the last two years. Last year, the word was grow, and so we invested and prayed about, God, how do we grow relationally, personally, spiritually, and, and we invested in that. We even wound up at a conference called the Grow Conference uh, in, in July of last year. It was 2016. This year, we prayed, and God said, your word is prayer. He said, as a pastor, you need to help them develop a culture of prayer as a church, and so we set out as a church to do just that. We started off with a series that taught on prayer. That was the first series of the year that was also connected to 21 days of prayer and fasting. We did that in January. We also did 21 days of prayer in uh, August as well. On top of all those things, we also focused on making sure that our prayer nights were, that you could attend them whether or not you'd ever known how to pray or not, whether you've been in a time of prayer or not. So we provided child care because I'll be honest with you, our prayer nights, which we did once a month, was usually just one to three people showing up. And sometimes that was just me, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so I'd be here by myself. And so I said, we got to do some work here. And so, so we added the band to the stage. And, and, and we changed the format of the prayers so that people could be part of it. And they could learn. And they could engage. And, and I'm going to tell you that now regularly we have an average of attendance of about 45 people that are showing up for an hour of prayer at a church that's only about 227 people, right? Like when I tell my pastor friends that, see that number may not seem impressive to you. When I tell my pastor friends that, they say, how did you get a fifth of your congregation to show up on a Sunday night to pray? I, said, I don't know, we just, we just, we've just been praying over and asking God to develop that heart inside of us. So the question is, what are, you, what, what are you missing out on? What do those 45 people know that you don't know? So come and find out. Every, every month, the last Sunday of the month, we do prayer right here in this building from six to seven. Whether you know how to pray or not, we'll help you. There's nothing embarrassing about that. We want to help you get connected to God through this important, important gift in our lives called prayer. So, so come and be a part. We'll watch your kids. You can do an hour of prayer. It's a lot easier than you think, all right? So, so, so prayer is something we want to celebrate. The other thing we want to celebrate is growth track. This is a new initiative for us 
this year is something we just started. Actually, we started November of 2016 for our leadership to go through and for us to understand it and get everybody trained and deployed. And then January, we started with you guys. And here's what I love. We've been faithful to it, and we offer it every Sunday. Every Sunday, and currently we've had 85 people complete growth track, growth track, take all four steps of it, and 53 of you are in the process of moving through growth track. I think that's an impressive number of people going through understanding God's spiritual journey for their life, and I, and I love that. And if you're not one of those numbers, my question is, what are you waiting on? A personal invitation? I'll give you one later, all right? So just hang tight. Next thing I'd love to celebrate is our outreach. Now, our outreach is broken down in several ways. This is where we as a church are reaching out to people and connecting with the community, all right? If you're not, if you're not ready for my energy today, I apologize if it's your first time here, but I'm just, I got up this morning, I started reading through these numbers, and I just got excited. I, I get excited when you look back, because sometimes you don't remember all the things that you've done, right? You don't remember all, the, all the, the events that we've done, the way that we've given, but when you look at it like this, it's like, man, God is doing something here in this church that is incredible. So here's... Here's a couple of things that we did as far as our outreach goes. One of the big things we realized is that we could take one of our grow groups, which is our small groups, and turn it into an actual outreach. And so we have a team of people that meets on Monday nights, and we partnered with a place called the Dream Center in Columbus, downtown, where they serve the homeless population, the people that are there that, that need food. They just need a meal. They need some groceries. They need an opportunity to shower, to wash their clothes. They offer blankets and socks and underwear and, and other things that they might need. And we, we even recently just did a, a blanket drive to provide them with blankets. And so, so we partnered with them. And so we have a group of people this season of our grow groups. They go down every Monday. How many of you crazy people go down there on Monday nights and go to, go to the Dream Center? All right, we got a few of you guys. They were mainly all here during first service. But, but you go down there and you love on those people. And that was a powerful partnership that we'll maintain and continue to do. Great, great lesson for us to learn. And they were exiled from their country. And they've been living in exile in Nepal for about 20 years. And the U.S. government a few years ago brought them over as refugees. And when I learned that they were refugees, I had to know their story. And so I reached out to them because they're my neighbors. They live in our neighborhood. They live here in Reynoldsburg. And the population continues to grow. And so I met with one of their leaders and I said, how can we serve you? As a pastor, how can I serve you? What is your greatest need? They said, well, our people need to learn to speak English so that we can integrate and, 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 and work with the population better. He said, but our greatest need is to preserve our Nepali language. Because we lost everything in Bhutan, we feel like that as we integrate and learn to speak English, the younger kids are not learning to speak Nepalese. He said, and if we lose our language, I feel like we've lost everything. And I said, well, what do you need to do that? He said, we just need a place to do it. I said, I talked to my board and I said, we'll do it. We'll open our doors. We'll open our building. You can come here and teach English. You can also teach your Nepali language. And so that's what we're doing. We formed a partnership with them. And not only that, I met with a bunch of other churches and I got three other churches that are going to do the same thing for them. Come on, Jesus. I love that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so in addition to these things, we, we did several drives where we, we gather things. So I told you about the blanket drive already. We did a, a book bag drive where we brought book bags in and said, here's a list of things, go fill them. And you guys did that. We filled 70 book bags to give kids for back to school. We also did a book drive. And this book drive, we were collecting children's books. And our, our kids' ministry headed this one up, which I love. I love getting our kids involved because our kids have the ability to make a difference too. You can't discount them because of their age. They, they, they went out there and hustled and gathered up books and we, we had so many books, we were just going to give them to Nationwide Children's Hospital. We had so many, we decided to also give to the Heart Food Pantry, which is right next door. 
And, uh, and I told the kids, I said, listen, let's celebrate. We'll have a big party on the last day of the event. I went back and did a magic show with the kids, and we had some fun. And the kids got to take their books and walk over to the Heart Food Pantry, put them on shelves, and, and, and celebrate this victory, celebrate the impact that they made. And I, I think that was awesome. And then we took the rest of them down to Nationwide. And, then, and, and so those were the partnerships that we did. And then, of course, we're an active group. We, we believe being one of our community. And so there's several community events that we're also part of where we go and we show up, we wear our simple church t-shirts and, and we just serve people. We don't ask for anything. We just ask the city, what do you need? And so they reach out to us for different events and, and say, this is what we need. We would love for you to come and serve. And so some of those events are the 4th of July. We go down for the fireworks and we bring this big baptism tank right here. We fill it with bottles of water and some ice and, and we give people a cool drink. And we also have beach balls that we gave out to everybody. And you should have seen them, hundreds of beach balls across the field, people bopping them all over the place. Had a big Simple Church sticker right on it. I loved it. It was good. There's no shame in my game. I don't care. You want something free, it's going to have our name on it, right? <laughs> so so we, we go down and do that, and then we walk in the parade. And I'm telling you, our band is a spectacle in that parade. Not only do we have an excellent design for our float, but, but that band out there just praising Jesus. Man, we have people come every year that say, we saw you guys in the parade, and we just want to be a part of what you're doing. And, and, and we love that. We do the breakfast with the bunny and breakfast with Santa as well, where we go and we serve pancakes and sausage to people, and, and we serve our parks and recs, and there's a couple hundred people that come to that event, and then the, the Halloween event, we go and serve at Halloween. You say, church is involved in Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. The community's going to be there. We're going to be there. And they show up in thousands, and we go and we serve at all the stations and play games with the kids all night long. It's a great event. Again, so many people come as a result of having seen us there. They said, church that's willing to be involved. And then this year, one of the things that was new for us, we did a community cleanup day. And we'd actually lead it. The city led it. We just joined them. And we took a team of people there, and we cleaned up. And this is not fun, but it was awesome. Uh, we, we cleaned up Livingston Avenue from Bryce Road all the way down to the five-way intersection. We, we took trash bags and went down there and, and cleaned that up and just had a great time. It's where we encountered the tumbleweave. You'll have to ask somebody the story of that. It was, some, it was somebody's weave that had fallen off their head and was laying in the road. It was the strangest thing. It was the tumbleweave. <laughs> but, but when you look back, it's like, man, we, we've really poured in so much, and I thank you guys for your faithfulness there. The next thing I want to celebrate is our, our mission trip. You guys loved our mission trip so much that not only are we going to go back to Honduras next year, July 15th through the 21st, just so you know that, but we're also going to do a, a second mission trip next year. We're going to do two. One will be international to Honduras, and the second one will be a national one where we'll figure out we may, may wind up in Atlanta or we may wind up on uh, an Indian, uh, an Indian uh, Native American reservation is where we're, we might wind up. So, so we're working on the details on that, but there will be a national and an international that you can participate in next year. And the thing to celebrate with Honduras is not just the money that we sent there and the work that we did, but... Going to Honduras, we uh, developed a strategic partnership with an organization called One Child Matters. They're actually here today and in the lobby. What this is is an opportunity for you and I, not, not as simple church as, as the church to, to sponsor a kid, but us as the people of the church, right? We, we are the church. As us as individuals to sponsor a child, and here's what's so cool about that. You sponsor a child for $30, $39 a month, and then... You get to go see them in July on the missions trip. How cool is that? And if you aren't able to go, you're able to send a gift package and hugs and love. And these kids that we sponsor are all from the same 
community or child development center. They're all from Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and in the, the small little area is called Nueva Esperanza, which means new hope for all you Star Wars fans. So it's just doubly awesome. And so, so you can sponsor a kid today, and you sponsor a kid, and I sponsor a kid, and all of our kids are friends. And so today he's out there, and I would love for you to go out and look at that opportunity because you can sponsor a kid today and then see them in July. And I'm telling you, that changes your life. To meet a kid who is so thankful, the only reason they're in that center is because of your faithful investment. The only reason they get a meal every day, the only reason they have community, they understand who Jesus is and they're getting assistance with their education as well as medical checks is because of your faithful investment in them. So, so stop by and see them. I, I, I think he brought, Curtis, are you in here? He's not. What's that? I think 12 kids have already been sponsored today. That's awesome. I want, I want 100% gone. He brought 20, I think, with him today. I want them all gone. So, so just, just know that if you don't stop by there, I might have to adopt a few more kids. I got three already, but I'll take more. So, so stop by and see them. And then go with us July 15th through the 21st to meet them. But, but we had such an incredible time in Honduras that, that was so impactful, not just for them, but for us. And I have stories that I can share with you that I don't have time to do today. So we, so we celebrate our mission trip and the work that God did there. And, and the last thing I want to celebrate with you today was a very unique opportunity that we had as a church uh, to, to, to work with church plants. Uh, we, we are a church plant. What that means is that there was a church that said, we've got a vision to see other churches Grow. We've got a vision to see other churches like ours get started and begin to make an impact in a different community. And so our home church is at C3 in Pickerington, and they sent us out. They sent us out to plant right here in Reynoldsburg. So we are a church plant. We've been here since 2013. Well, the cool thing is, is we are planting our very first church, hopefully, and they've actually already started. They're called Harmony Worship Center. They've already started meeting here in our building since June. They were meeting in his house. He said, we've got 40-some people in my house. It is packed. I need a place. And I said, well, you can use our building until you find your own building. And I'm telling you, he's looking at a lease, and he's looking to be uh, in the Hamilton refugee area back there by uh, just past the Eastland Mall area. And he's looking at planting right there in that very needed spot. And so we're planting that church and sending out a group of people with our blessing. And we've never had an opportunity to do that before. We just think that's awesome. In addition to that, we have another church called City of Love that C3 is planting themselves. But, but I went to that pastor and I felt led. I said, look, God's telling me to ask you to come and spend time with us and let us intern you. Let us mentor you and your team so that when you launch, you can go further faster than we ever did. And so he prayed about it and came back, and the Holy Spirit agreed, and, and we said, all right. So they've been here since June with us, and our team, our dream team, our leaders, have been working with that team, faithfully investing in them so that they are ready to go and hit the ground when they launch in January. Now, come on, somebody. Isn't that something we're celebrating? Yeah. Look, God's up to something in this place, and it isn't because of me. It's because of what he wants to do in us and through us for this community and this world. Amen? It's not about me. So here's how we're going to finish our year. I'm just going to share with you just a couple things really quick, just because I want you to know about them. Next Sunday, we have Mindy Ross, who's going to be here. She is a pastor and an author. She and her husband pastor Impact City Church in Pataskala, uh, and she's going to be here with us next Sunday. That's the 19th. On the 26th, we are going to start our At The Movie series. And we've never done this before, but this is an incredible time to invite people that don't know Jesus. Invite your friends, people that have never wanted to go to church, never been to a church, or, or have been to a church, maybe been burned. Bring them. 
bring them. This, this series is set up intentionally to reach your lost friends and family. So this is the time that you want to invite them. We're taking movies where we'll, we'll screen clips of movies, and I'm going to preach a little bit in between each one. And we found movies with redemptive messages in them that we can share. And people, we've never done this series before, but there's plenty of churches that do it, and, and lost people love it. So there's going to be popcorn, and I'm thinking about pouring some Pepsi on the ground so it feels like a sticky movie theater, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but, but we want your friends to come. And so, so there'll be invitations here next Sunday that you can pick up and invite your friends to come. It'll be a great time for them to come and get to know Jesus. Amen? And then December 22nd is our Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve service. It is, it is on a Friday night. It's at 7 o'clock. We aren't going to fit in this place, and so we rented out Livingston Avenue High School's auditorium. We'll give you directions and show you how to get there, but it's a 670-seat auditorium that we're going to fill in Jesus' name on for Christmas Eve service. What do you think about that? So let's do it. There'll be invite cards available for that. December 24th, no service. Guys, just enjoy time with your family. Be, be with your loved ones. Travel. We, we imagine most of you will. And we don't want you to have to worry about coming to church on, a, on that Sunday morning. So December 24th, stay home. Be with family. Enjoy and celebrate the real meaning of Christmas, Jesus, all right? And then, of course, on December 31st, there's also going to be no service here in the building. But on that Sunday morning, we, will, we did this last year. It's called Church on the Go, where we will have a pre-recorded service that we will launch online so that you can watch it wherever you're at. And again, we do this because we assume since December 31st is on a Saturday and January 1st is a Monday, y'all are going to be out doing something. You're going to be somewhere. And so we, we want to just give you the opportunity to connect and, and go to service whenever you have time that day. So Church on the Go will be launched that morning. But do not come here. I won't be here. The lights will be off. It'll be boring here, all right? So look for that online, and we'll, we'll continue to remind you of that. But that's how we're going to wrap up our year, okay? Now... I promised you today that, that I, I do have something to share with you, and, and I want to share with you today about God's vision and plan for your life. And some of you, may, you've never heard this before. Others of you, you've been here for the last year, and you've probably heard it a hundred times, but, but, but you've not aligned with it. And so today I want to share with you what God's vision is for your life, because when you live God's vision for your life, you get to be part of all these things I just celebrated. You get to be somebody in the middle of that mix. That's why we celebrate those things. I would tell you this, that the greatest blessing comes from alignment with God's vision for your life. Jesus said, I've come to give you a life and a life that is full or a full and fulfilled life. That's what he wants for you. But that full and fulfilled life comes from alignment with God's vision for your life. The thing about alignment is, is that it doesn't stick. So some of you are here today and you say, well, I've heard this vision before and I've gotten in alignment with it, but the problem is, is that we all kind of tend to drift. If you've ever had to get your car, your, your car tires aligned, you know that this is something that has to be done regularly because as you drive on the road, there's bumps and those bumps that you hit cause your tires to go out of alignment. Well, we all live this life and we all come across bumps in life, things that try to steal our attention, try to steal our our lives. And when we hit those, we kind of get out of alignment. Some of the things we were doing before, we stop doing. We stop praying. We stop going to church. We leave our grow groups. We, we stop participating on a team because of a bump in life. And it's important that we talk about this often because alignment needs to happen often because we tend to drift. And so if this is your first time hearing it or your hundredth time hearing it, this message is for you. And we talk about these things so much. We talk about 
God's vision and plan for your life because it's the only thing that matters in life. So here's the four things that God wants for you. If you're taking notes today, here's the first thing. God wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Now, he doesn't want you to know him like you know him in your head. He wants you to know him in your heart. He's a very personal and powerful God, and he wants to know you in a very real and intimate relationship. In fact, I would tell you that he wants you to know him the way that he knows you. The Bible says he knows you down to like the number of hairs that are on your head. That's pretty intimate, wouldn't you say? He wants you to know him in that way. The second thing he wants for you is for you to find freedom. God wants to help you in the areas of life where you hurt the most. Maybe these are areas of, of addiction where you've, you've been trying to break the cycle and you've just not had any kind of success. Or maybe this is areas where, where you know, it doesn't just disappoint God, but it also disappoints you that you're struggling with that area. Maybe it's an area that's so broken you've been trying to fix it without any avail and you just don't know what to do or Maybe you feel trapped in this area of your life with no hope of ever getting out. God wants to help you in those areas of your life. The problem is, is people wrongly think that in order to come to God, they've got to fix those areas of their lives. We've all got issues, but people think, I got to clean myself up. I got to get myself ready. I got to fix that brokenness before I come to God. But that's just not how it works. See, you don't, you don't need to, to change your life to get to God. You need to get to God to change your life. That's the way it works. I'll say that again just in case you were sleeping. You don't need to change your life to get to God. You need to get to God to change your life. God's not concerned about the mess that you're currently in. He just wants you, and he wants you to know how much he loves you because that love is unconditional. I'm going to get real deep with you here for a second. Do you know what unconditional love is? It is love without condition. It means you don't have to do anything to earn it. There's nothing you could do to earn it. God says it's free. It's yours. And he wants you to know that love. He accepts you how you are, mess and all. And once you see that, once you, he comes into your life, that's when you will be able to find freedom. Because it takes him to settle all your issues from the past. It takes him to to help you find freedom from your yesterdays. And once you do, it always, always makes the light come on and you discover that you're here for a reason. That's why we call the next thing discover purpose. This is what God wants for you. You're here on purpose for a purpose. You're not here by accident. God has a purpose for your life. And when you're no longer looking through the lens of your yesterdays and you're looking through the lens of your tomorrows, you realize, I've got a purpose that I need to live out. There's a reason for my very existence here, and that is to make a difference. That's to make a difference. This is the fourth thing that God wants for you. But here's the issue, though. When you don't see God's vision for your life, you're in danger of settling for an earthly counterfeit. You're in danger. If you don't understand what God wants for you, then you'll just accept anything, any old thing that comes along. And the devil, everything God does, the devil has a counterfeit for it. It sounds the same. It maybe even promises some of the same things, but it never delivers the same thing. In fact, if you were to look at, at what the devil has to offer you, his vision for your life, it's this. I'm going to know me. It's not know God. It's know me. Look at our current culture and, and how much we engage with social media. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Social media is a good thing. I love following my friends and seeing what they're doing and checking in on, on, you, on you guys all creepy-like, you know? <laughs> I like leveraging social media. It does, it's great for us as a church to keep connected with you. I, I love all that, but look at what it's doing to us. Social media has taken, it, uh, taken the camera lens, and instead of looking at the world around us, instead of pointing it towards God, it's taken the camera and pointed it back at me. It's all about me. So I'm going to know me, and I'm going to find fame. Instead of finding freedom, I'm going to find fame. I'm going to work on my personal image. I'm going to work on what people think about me and what they know about me. I'm going to hold them at bay so they only know certain things. And then I'm going to discover a platform. And I'm only going to get on that platform so that I can make a dime. You'll notice that, that the devil, what he's offering you is not even a dollar. He's offering you a dime. It, it, it's a counterfeit. It's a promise that is so empty. And that's why we, we want you to know God's vision for your life. We want you to understand it. And we give you opportunities to take simple spiritual steps towards that vision. And these spiritual steps are found in a prayer that I pray for you very often. In fact, it's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And it says this. It's Ephesians 1, 17. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is he saying? He said, I'm hoping that you have some clarity. I'm hoping that, that I'm praying that you have the ability to see. Why? So that you may know him better. See, there it is. Know God. He wants you to have clarity and the ability to see God so that you can know him better. And if you already know him, he wants you to be able to know him better. That's the prayer that I pray for you. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's interesting phrasing, isn't it? Why would he say the eyes of your heart? Well, because we don't see things with these eyes. We see things with our heart eyes. We see life, you and I, we look at the same exact things, but we all experience it very differently, don't we? It's because what we're looking at, we look through our experiences. We look at things through our religious experiences, our relational experiences. We look at life through our mistakes, our ups and downs. We look at it through our mishaps, our hurts and wounds. It's a filter that we see everything through, and that's found in your heart. And so you can't take another step in your life until your eyes are enlightened. The message paraphrase says that your eyes are focused and clear. And there's a reason for them to be focused and clear. It says so that in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, once you can see, once your eyes are clear, you'll understand what you're called to do. Notice that hope and calling are connected. That you'll never have hope. If you're looking for hope, you'll never have it until you know what you're called to do and until you find that. And when you find your calling, you find your hope for your life. Because hope doesn't go when your doesn't come when your problems go away. Because they're just gonna keep on coming back. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Be encouraged. The the truth is though is that is that hope isn't attached to a problem free life because that life doesn't exist. Hope is attached to your calling. So once you know your calling, it comes with, watch the end of this verse, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That glorious inheritance is living your life fulfilled, knowing that you've made a difference and that your life mattered. So if you're looking at God's vision for your life, and we start backwards, 
And we say, okay, the ultimate goal, all these steps, are step one, two, three, and four, you can see it clearly, right? If the ultimate goal is to make a difference in other people's lives, how do we get there? How do we get to the place where we make a difference? If that's God's plan, well, I'm glad you asked that question because making a difference is one of the most fulfilling things you can do in your life. That, that is one of the most fulfilling things, and it's one of those things that when you do it, when you make a difference in someone else's life, you feel accomplished. You're able to lay down at night and just rest and be like, man, I made a difference in someone's life. Whether you go to Honduras on a missions trip, or you served in the kids' ministry here, or you went down to the Dream Center and you, you served a hot meal to someone, or wh- whatever it is, you made a difference in someone's life, and that feels so good. Even if it's not something you did on your own, you did it as a group. You still made a difference in someone's life. That makes all the difference in the world. Jesus said this. And this is, by the way, what Jesus is getting ready to say is something that sociologists took years to figure out. Years. He says this in John 15. He said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Basically, that you live your life productively. He says that showing yourselves to be my disciples. I have told you this not so that people can be fed. Not so that kids can get sponsored, although these are good things. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. In other words, not only does what you're doing help them, but it helps you too. It helps you too. And he says, and that your joy may be complete. Now, secular sociologists discovered that the highest need in the human heart is something called transcendence. Transcendence is when you discover that your life is making a difference in someone else's life. That's the highest human need. My life makes a difference in someone else's life. My life matters. But here's the thing. Your life will only be as successful as the cause that you attach it to. So look, the only cause that matters is God's cause. It's eternal causes. Those are the things that you need to attach your life to. So what do we do? As a church, we come together and, and with others to do something that matters. We give together, we pray together, we serve together, we do things that we couldn't do on our own so that we make an impact in people's lives together. That's what the dream team is all about here at Simple Church. When you join the dream team, you join a group of people who are making a difference in people's lives, whether here in this church building or outside its walls. That's what happens. But that can't happen unless you discover your purpose. I'm just walking out of the vision here. I'm I'm just taking steps backwards. You you can't make a difference in people's lives unless you discover why you're here. Because here's the deal. You're all in these four steps somewhere. You're either at the beginning of just knowing God. You're either at, I need to find freedom or I need to discover my purpose. Or you're at a place where you need to launch out and begin making a difference in someone's life. We're all here in this journey. And you need to know where you're at. Otherwise, how do you know how to go forward? So what does that really mean to discover purpose? Well, you need to understand how you're made. Check this out. Psalms 139 says this, for you created my inmost being. This is every part of you. This is not just your physical makeup. This is not just your body. This is not just the color of your hair and the color of your eyes. He said, you made the inmost part of my being. That's your will. That's who you are. That's your gifts. That's your skill sets. It's the way that you're motivated. It's the thing that sets your heart on fire. The thing you have the most passion about. God made you this way. It says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And check this out. He wrote a story for you. 
He wrote a story that's that, a life story just for you. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. <laughs> that's awesome. Every one of you is unique to God. Every one of you. God has a story that he's written for you. He has a plan for you. And that plan is despite the narrative that your mom and dad may have told you that you're here by accident. Because you are not here by accident. You may have not have been planned by them, but God knew you before you were in the womb and he had a plan for you. He had a story to play out for you. He has a purpose for you. Even if you've lived that life story and you wrote a few chapters that God didn't intend for you, he still has a purpose and a plan for your life to use you to make a difference. You're not one in a million. You're one of a kind. That's true. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And if you don't know it, at Simple Church, we'd like to help you find it. That's why we offer the four-step growth track. That's why we do that. Today is step two, and that room is full in there of people who have taken the, the, the first step and the second step, and they're, they're continuing on that journey to understand God's purpose and plan for their life, to understand this spiritual journey and how they can align with it. And I want to encourage you, you need to take these steps. It happens every Sunday during second service in our conference room. We'll watch your kids for you. In fact, if you can only make it to one service, make it to that one. I'm your pastor. I'll give you a pass. Skip church. Go to growth track. It's okay. I love you enough because I want you to understand this. Do it. Some of you are laughing. I'm telling you. That's where I need you to be. God wants you to be there so you can understand your journey. It's important. But you don't get to make a difference, and you don't get to discover your purpose until you find freedom. Just take one more step back. So how do you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you a verse that's going to make, a little, make you a little bit uncomfortable. You ready? It's James 5.16. Many of you know this because I share it with you often, personally. Therefore, confess your sins. Look, not to God. Although the Bible says that if we're faithful to confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. For forgiveness is not the issue here. If you want to settle your past, look what it says. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is God's plan to settle your yesterdays. And it involves you sharing your dirt with someone. It involves you telling them, confessing. We call it here taking off the mask. Because here's the truth. You will always be sick as your secrets. Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Hello? <laughs> You'll always be sick as your secrets. You have to tell someone. Now, I'm not telling you to tell everyone. In fact, that's not recommended. Do not go home and post on your Facebook all your dirty laundry, all right? I don't, nobody, that's not safe. Don't do that. But you need to have someone, right? You, you need to have someone. That's why you need to connect with believers in a grow group. That, that's really important that you do that. You need to connect with believers in a grow group. Now, grow group, what it is not, is not a mini church service. It's not what we do here. We're not, we're not going to sit down and have a worship service in someone's house and then, and then have a message delivered to you. No, the, the purpose of it is for you to sit down and get to know people so you can know them and they can know you, so they can pray for you, encourage you, and walk with you through whatever it is you're going through. Because if you don't do that, here's what's going to happen in the grow group. You're going to sit down and say, hey, how are you today? I'm fine, pretty much good. How about you? I'm good too. Everything's fine. Thanks. Oh, good. How are you? I'm fine. Everything's fine. We're good. Everything's fine. Liar! You cussed all the way to grow group. <laughs> Everything's not okay. You need a place where it's, everything's, it's, it's okay to not be okay. 
You need a place where you can hang out with people, where you can cuss in your group and nobody's mad at you. I'm kidding about that. Just calm yourself. But, but you do need to be someplace where, where you can be known, where you can take that mask off. You can be real with people. Where you can say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm about to lose, lose it on someone. I've, got, I've had too much today. I, life has just been overwhelming. I, I need... I need somebody to share this burden with me. You, you need that kind of space. No matter what kind of group it is, whether it's the activity-based group or the study group or even, even our outreach group, one that, that goes and serves people, doesn't matter. The point of it is not what we're doing. The point of it is to connect with people, to be known so they can pray for you and encourage you. So how do we live God's vision? God's vision is for you to make a difference because real joy is found if you do. But you can't do that unless you know why you're here. And you can't know why you're here until you settled yesterday's once and for all. And you don't get to settle your yesterday's once and for all unless you know God. See, the power to do those other three things flows from a relationship with him. That's what you need to do. God will help you get close to people. God will help you understand the, the story for your life. And God will help you to make a difference and use you to make a difference in other people's lives. And by the way, if you're getting baptized, at this moment, I want you to go ahead and be dismissed. You can meet Ryan in the foyer. And so you need to have a relationship with God. You need to know him. And if you're here today and that's you, let me help you understand it a little clearer. Mark 8 helps you understand it. It says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That sounds like a pretty big ask, doesn't it? But check it out. He said, for whoever wants to save their life, in other words, whoever wants to opt out of following Jesus, whoever wants to say, no thanks, Jesus, I got it. I'm going to be in control of my own life. I'll do it myself. This is what he says. He says, whoever does that, you're going to lose your life anyway. You try to save it, you'll lose it. In fact, last time I checked, one out of one people die. It's like 100%. You're all going to die at some point in time. Even if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you're still going to die. You're just going to die with a nasty taste in your mouth. That's not, look, that's not how I'm going out. I'm going to die with a little bit of bacon grease right here. You know what I'm saying? You go, you, you go lose your life. Thing is, some of you are here today and you're trying to preserve your life. You're thinking you can run it all. You can do it yourself. What you're learning is that you can't. You're just not capable of finding out that you're not good at it. And that's all of us. We're terrible at it. And we need God. Because here's the reality. God can do more with our lives than we can. But we, but we don't get to see that happen until we commit our lives to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this holy moment. I thank you for your plan and your purpose and your vision for our lives. I thank you for making it clear to us in your word what you want for us. Father, I pray that our eyes would become clear to see it. I pray that the, the things that the enemy has put in our way to block our view of you, that it would all be removed. I pray you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, so that we can see you and know you. Lord, I, I pray for many of us, God, 
The opportunity is here for us to make a difference, and I pray, Lord, that we would take it. I pray, God, that we would crave and desire the joy that comes from doing that. Lord, and and to do that, Lord, I know that we have to take steps to discover our purpose. I, I know there's people here today, God, that need to make a plan to take this spiritual step, to, to go to growth track. It's so simple, yet it's so profound. Lord, help us to clear our, our thoughts and our excuses away as to why we're not doing that. Let us connect to understanding your vision for us through it. Lord, others of us, Lord, we got all kinds of reasons why we're not gonna go to a grow group. We're scared, we're scared of rejection, we're scared of, of somebody knowing us. But Lord, there's nothing but love and grace and forgiveness in your arms and and we know that that we'll find that in people, in relationship with others too. It's it's part of your plan for us to be healed, to have people in our lives. It's the only way it works. And so Lord, I know we have many hesitations and fears and concerns. I pray, Lord, that we would lay them at your feet in this moment. God, and others of us, we just need to know you today. We were on a path to knowing you and seeking you, and some of us have drifted. Lord, bring us back. Bring us back into relationship with you, Jesus, so that we can know know you. Experience a life that is full and fulfilled. As we continue to pray, there are people in this room right now, you're at the beginning of that journey. You haven't taken that step to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge. I've I've made a mess of things. I've not done this very well. Right now is your opportunity. Look, you don't need to change anything about yourself. You don't need to fix any of your brokenness. You You don't need to do anything except say, Jesus, be Lord. I'm ready to begin a relationship with you so that I can have the power to find freedom. I can have the power to discover my purpose. And I can have the power to make a difference in someone else's life. God's not mad at you today. He's not disappointed by your life. In fact, the Bible describes God as a father who is looking on the horizon for his children to come home. He's looking for you today. He just wants you to come home. The way you come home, the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that that's our coming home. So if you're ready to do that, I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. I'm not going to have you come to the front or stand up or announce anything. We just want to know that you're here. And nobody's going to look down on you if you say, hey, Aaron, that's me today. If you slip your hand up and say, that's me, nobody's going to look down on you. In fact, we're going to celebrate with you. Because all of us in this room are in a hospital. Some of us have just been here a little longer than the rest of us. So we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here so that you can get to know God. So here's your opportunity. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus today, would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. Just do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Don't worry about anybody sitting around you. This is your moment. Yeah, thank you. Yep, that's awesome. Be bold. Be bold. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. Church, let's pray together. Nobody prays alone. Jesus I believe you're the Son of God. Today I give you my life. And I ask that you give me yours. I know I'm not perfect. 
But if you show me how to live for you, I'll spend every day doing that. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Thank you. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer today that all of heaven...